Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the show. I'm Michael Petro. Joining me in the virtual living room that is Zoom is our good friend, Charles Fernandez, from the Nerdgasm Show on YouTube. Video games, TV, movies, comics, you name it, he gasms all over it. The Nerdgasm Show, you can follow it on Instagram at the.nerdgasmshow. What are we talking about? Uh, we are talking about a review and adoration of WandaVision and how it broke our hearts, and Marvel just nailed it with the miniseries. Our assumptions and theories on Falcon Winter Soldier, uh, which just aired last weekend. So let's see how wrong or right we were. Uh, what else? Mortal Kombat and our love of video games now being turned into movies, but being done properly because the technology is there to do it. Uh, the last blockbuster documentary comes up as well, too. Uh, we gush sycophantically over Marvel for a good portion in the middle there. There's lots of stuff. So if you're if you want some nerdy culture in your life, uh, you've you've come to the right place. Uh, if you want to find out more about Charles Fernandez and the Nerdgasm Show, you can find him on YouTube. Uh, if easiest way to do so is the.nerdgasm show, like I said, on Instagram. Everything's there, the hot link, all, all that stuff. Uh, and he's got like fun, like shorter videos there too for, for consumption. So, and he's like finger on the pulse of everything, man. Like he, he's showing me stuff that I didn't even know was happening. So, if you like people who are up to date and current, Charles Fernandez, put him in your diet. He will be current. It's not made of fiber, so don't worry. I don't know what that means. Uh, this is the rambling part. So, Michael, yeah, yo, Michael, uh, you know you know that part of the show when you shut the fuck up, cue the reel, let everybody enjoy it? Yes, Michael, that's, that's where we are right now. Okay, I got it. Ladies and gentlemen, I will shut the fuck up and cue the reel, and you enjoy the show. Let's tidy up this tangle of film by putting it on a reel. Here is a motion picture film, a thousand feet. 16,000 separate photographs. Welcome, everybody i'm michael petro from the real debaters and with me is charles fernandez of the nerdgasm and this is special features number three hello charles how are you doing buddy i'm doing great man how are you i actually had like like a really good week in regards to yeah in, in, and it's such a small thing and like we tried to <laughs> we tried to do this last week, but all I did was come in as a frozen robot. So I couldn't really <laughs> guys man. I'm not I... gonna lie, I do have some footage from that and I'm definitely gonna edit it in because it's fucking hilarious because it was like the most ghetto quicksilver effect ever. It was great. <laughs> it's it's quicksilver if he was edited in Zoom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, talk about a fiatro. Um anyways. uh yeah so my week my thing that i did and it's super small but like i used to go to a lot of concerts in the olden times like a ton like four or five a month and i think i've seen that many like streamed online which everybody knows not the same experience right but whatever you make do right you watch dave Mm -hmm. grohl awkwardly introduce the band streaming live yeah. and it's it's awesome because you're like whatever dave girl can shit in my mouth and i'm still gonna be like more music. <laughs> shit will be okay whatever right but like um but it's not the same so anyways so i found out that more music not more shit charles get your mind out of the gutter i want someone to <laughs> shit in my mouth like i don't want the world's best drummer to continuously shit in my mouth that's all I'm, that's all i want now that's all I'm about now. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, I found out like my one of my because uh, this kind of I wanted to ask you this question because I feel that what we listened to when we were younger was what we defined ourselves by. But then you get older and you're like, fuck that. I'll listen to anything. Who fucking cares? Right. It's silly. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. I grew up listening to a lot of punk and a lot of like skate punk, L.A., like California surf and skate punk specifically. Um, but in like all encompassing, I love the punk genre. Uh, Alkaline Trio was my was my go to growing up. Ooh. And the, nice. eyeliner, the eyeliner and nail polish that followed is 100 percent courtesy of Matt Skiba from Alkaline Trio. So that's there are, there awesome. Might, there might be some pictures left on the internet, but point is, is that they released a new album and I didn't know about it and I found it. And it was the mm -hmm. first time that I felt the same experience of going to a concert and listening to new music again. Ooh, that's awesome. So like I found the one song that just hooks you on an album or at a show. And then you just listen to it. I was driving back from the farm on the weekend is when I found it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I listened to this. I think I listened to the same song. I think I, I think I helped roll the numbers over on the Spotify play count. Live. Yeah. With that, it was Crystalline by Alkaline Trio, and I just listen. I, I memorized now. That's how much I listened to it. This was just a really good feeling to like remember what new music felt like. Even I'm sure the album's like four, five, eight months old or whatever, but I, I didn't know, so it was new to me. Yeah, you know, it's. Uh, I love that. I really love uh, that whole. Um, the whole experience you had because for me it's like i have very ridiculous music tastes in terms of like i just love oldies and stuff so i awesome. sometimes i'm so out of touch with like like um you were mentioning like a band where you discover an album and you're like holy fuck they've had new music for how long and i had no idea um, I've had that experience with like so many bands that I discovered at music festivals yes, um, or like live shows, you know, like someone gives me like, especially when I was living in Toronto, there was a lot of talent that would stop by. And sometimes it would be like bands I never heard of or whatnot, but my buddy's like 20 bucks, man, let's go. I'm like, sure. And then you find out, Oh fuck this band, like Tame Impala. That's how I discovered oh, wow. Tame Impala and fell in love with them. I had no idea who they were. And like a buddy of mine, played an album for me and I remember like those few songs you just got hooked on mm -hmm. and then I saw them at um we were in Oshiaga a couple of years ago and I saw them live and it was just like mind-blowing like it was a it was a surreal experience and discovering they had a new album that came out I think last year at the beginning and then I'm listening to it and I'm like holy fuck this is great and then right away we're re-looking at those pictures and videos of when we were there and it was like Man, it was so. It's just nice to have. It's like, ugh. I uh, I I got the uh, email from Folkfest uh, doing. Oh yeah. The survey they sent out to everybody, and uh, I uh, I I'm I'm totally 100% fine to go back to a festival the way things were. I and I mean that's that's just my level of comfort, right? Mm -hmm. I it, I For sure. I I do the things that we're all supposed to do. Not to get too fucking topical and weird and shit, because no one's listening to talks. But we're not COVID fucking fact people, so don't listen to what I'm about to oh, say. Oh yeah, Think no, this here. is all just personal experience <laughs> through the shit, like everybody else. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, but like, I do the mask thing for other people, right? I don't do it for myself. Like, yeah, if I get sick. I'm fine. for sure right. So that's my that's what I'm saying is that if I got sick at a music festival, I'd be fucking fine. But the fact that you brought up music festivals, like that's. 
like I'm rooting for fucking some sort of folk fest, any shape or form. I'll take like at this point, yeah, we'll take whatever we can get. And I mean, folk fest people were, were the nicest people. So to be like, well, if I can't go, yes, someone else will go and they'll have fun and you'll move the fuck for up. sure. And I think what they're going to do is I feel like every organization is going to do their absolute best because they know that everyone's getting fucked by this whole situation. So say they can resume a folk fest, but it can't be the exact capacity or same way they had. I'm sure they would still offer a Zoom experience or a YouTube experience for people that just couldn't get tickets or it doesn't work out. You know what I mean? So we're all, at least we're all trying. (laughs) And, And they even mentioned it in the survey, buddy. They were like, would you pay to see a streaming version? I was like, yes, I'll put yeah, that on the fucking for sure. card and oh yeah, hang out there and, and enjoy it. Like, absolutely. I, I just want it to fucking happen if I'm there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like, it's like a, a literally if that technology existed, imagine during Woodstock and it was like, if you can't make it to Woodstock, would you at least want to see a stream for it? Pay like 10 bucks. And you're like, yeah, I'll have that stream going the whole fucking weekend because i'll be just as fucked up as those people are yeah, totally <laughs> so, like why not yeah Get so fucked up that the tv on the screen you just forget it's there you're like i'm at the fuck. <laughs> yeah just trying to i'm touching a man they know no security man oh <laughs> uh, anyways all right well uh, that that is yeah music right like it's just it's yeah we've been so focused on fuck what to watch keep my eyes occupied that i totally forgot yeah. how good like how dopamine dumping good new music from a favorite band can feel and that is just yeah. it's like yesteryear feeling <laughs> yeah like i for real for real and like some of my favorite experiences again are going to a music festival and just falling in love with artists for the first time when you hear yeah. them live. Cause there's nothing like that experience. No, no, there's not. I get, I, I fucking cry at music festivals, man. Like when I hear without a doubt, I get all emotional and shit and yeah. just sit there and Shauna looks over at me and I'm like, yes, I'm a, like I am affected good music. And she, she cries too, but like I get made fun of for some reason. I'm like, I'll let you have <laughs> an emotional moment. They'll be it's publicly, but fuck point at me and laugh and shame the little man. <laughs> uh, it's so, no, but it's true, man. And like, especially when you see artists getting emotional, that's even a whole nother level. Cause it's like, Wow, they care. They're real people. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, you're here with me too. I just didn't pay to come yeah. to you. you. You charged so you could be with us. Okay, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Anyway, um, let's let's drop from music down into more uh, a situational, more comfortable uh, topic, which is fucking WandaVision. It's over. It's done. Fucking yeah. good. Like, yeah. Wow. It's, uh, it delivered, man. It really delivered in every way. We had, we, we did one, two, three, four and five, and then we were going to do six and seven and eight. We were going to put all three episodes into one of these. And then I did the whole fucking freeze frame thing. And my internet just didn't want to behave. And then, so it all passed. And then you were just like, well, let's just do it all in one shot. And I was like, fucking perfect idea because we can't at all put it all into it. So, um, between six and nine, which is a lot, um, mm-hmm. where I guess we'll start with where did you go? This isn't going the way the fans are saying it, the way we were theorizing it. Was there a moment where you were like, okay, I now know where this is going. It's not there. And, and were you okay with it? Or were you like, where's fucking Magneto? 
You know, I love that. I, it's a great, it's a great question. I'll, I'll honestly, my favorite thing about this kind of side of the MCU that we're getting right now, at least through Disney plus is I don't know a lot about these characters. Like I know the big events that happen, kind of like the general fan, like MCU base does, but I don't know, like, like Mephisto wasn't even in my real nerd vocabulary until this show, you know? So for me, it's been really fun reading all the theories, but I've also been just such a fan who's been surprised by everything. So even though I've read all this shit on the internet and I'm like, oh, that could be cool. Even if it doesn't happen on the show, I'm like, you know what though? It was still surprising. It was still entertaining. And I love, I want to see where the MCU is taking it. It's still like uncharted territory. You know what I mean? And just because like they didn't do every single fan theory doesn't mean these things like people really wanted to see Cap grab Thor's hammer. And that was something that we never, like we forgot about. We were like, it's never going to happen. There's been how many Avengers movies? It's never going to happen. And then they fucking brought it and like did it so well. So like for all you know, some of these fan theories, they're going to do that. And it's going to happen and it'll be even more mind-blowing because yeah they didn't do it in one division but it doesn't mean it's it's not like happening so i don't know i really liked it i was still surprised by it and everything like i definitely expected a doctor strange cameo but then hearing why they didn't do it totally makes sense i agree with you too and i think they like the the paul bettany there's a cameo coming that we then yeah, that was so funny <laughs> It was just Paul Bettany so working, working. I, we were talking before the show, and I wanted to bring it up again. I noticed I have, I can't get enough of fucking Paul Bettany now. I don't think the world, yeah, can, we all want to inject Red Vision, Paul Bettany into our veins. Yeah, I'm watching Legion just to get more Paul Bettany, and the guy who played Tyler Hayward, his name eludes me, is also trying to kill Paul Bettany's character in Legion. Yeah. So, and you said so funny. Tyler Hayward and Legion have had a thing long before both. Yeah, of- this rivalry has been going hard. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. They must have had a good laugh about that, though, I'm sure on set. like Oh, yeah. The like first you- day on set must have been funny. It, oh, hey. Oh, shit. It's <laughs> Wow. All right. Here we go again, you go. fucking yeah. motherfucker. <laughs> you know what we're doing. Um, yeah. Like, okay, before we go real deep in the paint here, for anybody who is wants to watch WandaVision, spoiler alert, dump truck load of spoilers. Uh, and those yeah. who haven't caught up yet, too. I mean, you can skip this part. We'll have some other stuff coming down the line. So, uh, But it, whether, whether or not you still listen, that's on you. Uh, so... Yeah, I really when when there was no Magneto, when there was no Strange, when the Paul yeah. Bettany cameo thing, like when all the big theories kind of like when we were like, okay, we're at eight and we still haven't had a big like a big looky loo moment where you're like, what the fuck? And you know, someone's there that you're like, like Magneto being the father, right? Or Doctor Strange, yeah, in an alternate universe, like like nothing was really. It, you could tell it wasn't being prepped for that. And then, right. and then what we did get though was Agatha all along, right? Which uh, not only was an accidental like top of the charts iTunes trending wonder kid that like they made that I was listening they made that song at the end of each episode they recorded each part of it because they had the set uh, yeah way so from the first verse to the last verse is from the first episode to the last episode 
Oh. So they, they got to make a little bit of it each day. So it really wasn't a thing that everybody on set was excited about. They weren't like, this is going to be right. it, right? But it ended up being right. Like, which And the guy who did it is the guy who did Avenue Q. and uh, the Oh, movie, yeah. Bobby, oh. Bobby or something. That's him. So he wrote that song. That totally makes sense. And right. I mean, it, you know, what? that's a big part of what I loved about this show and why it was so fun to be more of a fan than like a nerd analyst, if you will, is because the amount of thought and like just talent in that process and the creation of WandaVision is so good. Like, if I'm not mistaken, I think either it's already out or it's coming out tomorrow they're coming out with like a behind the scenes of yes. the making of WandaVision. Yes, and I'm so excited to see that just because it's going to be so wicked just to see that like whole process, the creative process with that whole thing must've been a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, uh, shout out to our, one of our favorite humans and their podcast, Fat Man Beyond. They had uh, Matt Shackman, the director on. They did. Yeah. And he dumps a lot of really nuggets, which I will, probably try to pawn off that i found out before anybody but really that's where i learned all this from um and <laughs> so but he does a lot of like deep cuts and shit like that which is great and so like the behind the scenes is something i'm looking forward to um but what, i just want to backtrack to agatha though that is a great that was that was i think what made up for because the pietro was a like fake pietro pietro was was the leak right and then they i think yeah they, maybe they yeah. betney tried to cover it with the cameo thing but either way, yeah, Catherine Hahn as Agatha from episode later of uh, late seven, eight, and nine, and just taking her through time, and yeah, breaking her down to try to steal her power. Yeah, the the the, the thing that everybody else is talking about, and I, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious, but they just they say it better than me, I guess, is that like it's the most beautiful show about one of the most tragic things that could happen to somebody like just the five and it's the five stages of grief. Like, I mean, that is not supposed to be an interesting superhero show, but it fucking was. Yeah. And like, you know, it's pretty wild that they picked the hero that they did because up until now, I'd say Wanda's been pretty much, you know, like she's been there. She's been in the series for a while, but when you think Avengers, it's always the heavy hitters, you know, like the OGs, yeah. like Black Widow, Cap, Thor, you know, you're never, nobody's go-to is Wanda, but now definitely. <laughs> and what was amazing was that the amount of character development they did for Wanda and Vision was so, like, it actually makes me want to rewatch Ultron and kind of just see their day one in yeah. MCU to like WandaVision. And I feel like it might actually make me like Ultron a little bit more knowing where their characters ended up kind of thing. Um, you raise a really I, there. I didn't like Ultron. I wasn't a huge fan of that movie. So um, I, I, but seeing how they it, like brought it into WandaVision, it made you care about it. And now I'm like, Ultron's not even really about Ultron anymore. It's really about how they're going to live after Ultron and how, you know, everything is going to get so much more fucked up than like Ultron or anything. So, but um, yeah, it's, it's amazing that they did that with a character like Wanda, you know, and I, that's why I'm getting more excited for Falcon and Winter Soldier. Cause I was even talking to my buddies and they're like, 
I don't really care about them. And I'm like, but did you really care about Vision and Wanda, say, three years ago? Like, as much as you do now, right? So I'm excited to see what they're going to do. Nobody gave us the ability to care about them, which then by default, you don't care about them. And yeah. you're fed such strong roles in the OGs that you just mentioned that you just they fade into the background, right? They're there, they're fodder, they help with scene transition, they help with story transition, all that stuff. And they got some cool shit like watching Winter Soldier, you know, skate on one arm. I mean, that's a yeah. kind of but for sure. Now we're gonna get more Bucky that we never got maybe in the Captain America series. And we're gonna get stuff about Falcon that we never had like they're retconning their stories really well so that for sure a, it bleeds into how they found themselves where they were and see you get um you get to fall in love with the character right like yeah. I, i'm totally like you i i liked ultron i liked it um that really almost lost me on the avengers series like i liked all the other ones as they were but i was like yeah but that my point is is that watching what is grief if not love persevering oh so good and like i, <laughs> I know man oh i was dude. fuck when i was almost her... that almost had me as bad as luke skywalker and mandalorian oh man like that i think too in the last when she was actually like saying goodbye to her kids and tucking them in it was like oh and then that last line to vision i think she says like you're my sadness, you're my hope, but most of all, you're my love. I was like, oh, oh my God. Yeah. Oh, dude, it killed me, man. We've said goodbye before, so it stands yeah. to say it stands to mean we'll say hello again. I know, and and what's neat now is of course fans being fans are like, all right, so when the fuck are they gonna meet again? And everyone's trying to like figure that out. Leave and it's fun. so funny, but yeah. Part of me said, you know, it'd be funny if as if it went complete full circle and you know how like far from home was kind of building up Peter to be like the next start kind of in yeah. terms of innovation and stuff. It'd be funny if he came back as his Jarvis and it just went full <laughs> fucking circle and he's Peter's, you know, Jarvis. And when shit gets really bad, he finds a robot body visions here. <laughs> just so comic booky, you know what I mean? But yeah, that's so I would love to see that where like, yeah, Peter takes over for Tony and then vision becomes visions Jarvis <laughs> and it, the lineage goes through. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> oh, that would fuck with my mind. Yeah. That'd be awesome. so funny. <laughs> yeah. I think like, I think it would just be so like, even if they did a scene of it just as like a fun, like, you know, uh, just a shout out to fans, just like total fancers. Cause I think that's hilarious. Cause he is like, I guess he can technically live forever in terms of like through a connection of the internet or like through, you know, a mainframe essentially. So he's like an AI conscience that can always exist. So that's kind of interesting because they kind of did that member in winter soldier. There was that dude from Hydra that put his conscience in a machine. Yep. Zola or whatever. I can't remember his name, but that whole thing. So technically now the good guys have that vision, I guess. So yeah, I, they always leave, they always give themselves a few outs, right? They're not, yeah, they're not yeah. committed on anything when no. Kevin Foggy's like, I need you to give me thirteen outs. I probably won't use one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've got at least seven. So that's why, 
everyone's fucking contract is like signed for 17 movies, right? Like it doesn't mean you have to do 17 movies. It's just like, technically, if we ever think we can do that, you're signed on for 17 movies. They're they're like, they're gigging the gig economy even harder. We're like, yeah. Like, you know how like skip the dishes is killing the the restaurant. Yeah. 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 He's killing the actor where he's like, I'm going to have to for 37 moments and 19 <laughs> yeah. minutes on screen yeah <laughs> the rest seriously of the yeah it's well i mean like and it's interesting right because from a business standpoint it definitely benefits everybody involved because from an actor you know when you're doing a movie halfway done the movie and then you're done the movie your mind can't help but be like okay what's next now so at least on a contract like that you're kind of like okay you know because i think like mark ruffalo as hulk has a really he has a really ridiculous contract in terms of appearances, but then hearing about She-Hulk is obviously going to make appearances in that. I'm like, that probably comes out of that insane co- contract appearance, which is now really working for him and now uh, Marvel because Hulk is going to be a bigger character, right? Especially yeah. with Professor Hulk. Yes, with prof- I love, I took the best of both. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I do hope we still get some insane Hulk moments. Like, I hope we do get a moment where he drops the, he goes a little bit more like savage and goes Hulk mode and he can even make a joke about it where it's like, oh, that actually felt kind of good, you know, like, because <laughs> he never wants to embrace it, right? Like that's his big thing. So it'll be kind of fun. Well, I've been holding that inside for so long. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> damn, it, I have some anger issues I've needed to get out. It's nice that he has that option. Oh, where's my, right? like, I, I need a, Oh shit! I, 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 <laughs> so I'm gonna stop. Um, so, anyways, but yeah, it, you're it. It's 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 the multi it's the multiverse of the multiple appearance in all yeah. the Marvel movies. And I mean, who does like? I mean, we're sitting here, and I know both of us hands down. If they were like, "Would you like to be in 20 Marvel Marvel movies?" I would move Fuck my yeah. life to do that. Like, dude, a hundred percent. Like, you know, I don't give a shit. Even if they're like, hey, we just need you to like record some audio and that's one of your appearances. It'd be like, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but to always have uh, like a, like a, you know, you, you, you're always kind of involved in it. That, yeah. That's just a smart, and we're outsiders. So what the fuck do we know? But like, that's just a smart kind of like, I'll always have Marvel, right? I'll take the big yeah. up front and I'll always be able to be relevant. I'll always be able to show that I appreciate the character of the fans, like fan service, like you're saying, right? Like it, it, yeah. it it's just, it's, it's like the, I don't know what it is in any other industry, but it's like, you know, you, you get that, you find that right moment and you can just sail for a while. That's yes. Yes. Bring, just bring your, you, as long. Yes. Go. As long as you stay off Twitter and don't be a dick. <laughs> so yeah, too simple. So simple. This doesn't ask much, really. Stay off Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Be a dick. Like anything you do, you should be like, "Would my boss be okay with this?" That should just be a good like goal, like rule to have in your mind. Like, anyways, yeah. even what, if you don't work with Disney, <laughs> what would Disney do? Well, I'm gonna let Disney yeah. all my decisions for me. What would Disney do here? Probably not. Yeah. Probably. Okay. Yeah, like don't. Like, thank no. God. Yeah. Write it in a journal and then burn it. <laughs> Do it like a Simpsons thing, like you know, a crazy character. Like my God, um, yeah. But I, I, you know, I, again, another thing that I really love that Marvel did with the show is they spent a lot of time and work developing these characters, and then at the end, the seeds that they planted and left with all of these characters are fantastic. 
Yes. Like I truly do believe that we will see Agatha again and it's going to oh. be even more amazing when we do. Like I, I'm I was such a ever I I know you were a fan of Catherine Hahn before too. Oh, amazing. Like and her her comedic performances demand so much respect because she's so fucking committed to yeah. the depravity in some of those roles and the uh, yeah. she she knows how to showcase awkward human emotion on screen in a very comedic way. And oh yeah, that added a level, like her ability to sitcom her way through. First of all, yeah, Elizabeth Ol Elizabeth Olsen is a fantastic fucking actress, and I I had really great from a lot of her stuff pre this. I'd seen I seen oh, I'd seen her in the remake of uh, uh, with Josh Brolin. Old boy, well, old I boy. Seen the remake of Old Boy, which I mean that that's eh. the movie's fucked up, but I mean she carried a performance in it as fucked up as it yeah, was. Yeah, I, I didn't mind her in it. I'm just I that's all this is a whole nother episode, but old boy the original is like one of my all time favorite movies. And I love Spike Lee. So yes. I was actually I was like if anybody could adapt this, it would be Spike Lee. I think he'd do a great job. And there were a lot of things that he did that I was like good like cool. Okay. But it was one of those movies where I was like, it's like if they did an American version of Parasite, especially after how good it got acclaimed you'd be like why yeah. and that's how i felt with old boys so it's just like one of those things but if i had never seen the original if i had never had any idea what it was i think it i would have appreciated it more but she was good in it i will say i was really blown away with her in it especially because other than avengers she hadn't really done much no and there's another movie she did with um clint with hawkeye with Jeremy. oh um, um where they're up in alaska and yeah i know what you're talking a, a movie that i saw of hers it's got a really insane name it's called like martha may marcy it's literally her her full name but it's like martha may marcy something and it came out like probably 10 years ago or maybe like eight to ten years ago and yeah. she is amazing in it like honestly she was so incredible and i remember she was so like, this was before Avengers. So it was just like the Olsen twins have a sister. Like that's how everyone was like, what? And was she was amazing. Yeah, man. And she was amazing in it. She was so good. And, in the, and it was like 10 years ago. She was, she was like, she was young in her career yeah. and everything. Like, and yeah. I'm sorry. Like she's got, like I, I, I had, I knew that she could pull this off by a very limited catalog, but I'm going through it right now. And she's, been around for a while and she yeah like hang on here so you're you were talking uh you were we were trying to figure out wind river that's what we were thinking of wind river yeah 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 um and then ingrid goes west where she played that, she was great that she was, was great so great is that that yeah. annoying influences i really hope that they bring aubrey plaza as like a female deadpool i think that would be amazing <laughs> Or something like I want her in the MCU because she is so fucking great. Oh wait a minute here. Okay, so you were saying Martha Martha Marcy May Marlene. That's the movie. Yeah, this has got okay. So I'm already in because it's got Sarah Paulson. I love. Yeah, a lot of great dude. It's got it's stacked, and John, the male lead is John Hawks. Yeah, John Hawks, man, and he's so good in it. Like. Basically, the movie is like this guy is like a cult leader, but he just has young girls as like 
in his cult and Elizabeth Olsen escapes and this family takes her in, but she is like, she doesn't escape because she's like, I need to get away. She just kind of like wanders away from the cult thing. And then this family is trying to like, you know, bring her back to reality, but she is still hooked on the cult thing. So it's one of those movies where it's like, just because you escape, it doesn't just mean like now your story's happy. It's like showing how she's so long-term fucked up. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I'm hooked. I love anything. It's great. With assimilation and brainwashing and cult that that's, that's a, those, those are. It's, and it, it makes you uncomfortable. Like it's one of those movies the whole time I'm watching it. It's so good, but I'm like, oh, uh, this is so uncomfortable. You want to put a pin in this? Cause I want to talk. Yes. To you yes, that. absolutely. But there's, but there was, it's only because I love your opinion on WandaVision. Um, <laughs> we gotta get yeah that's right focus wanda wanda that's right <laughs> fine it's fine i hope they don't care if they don't care they're, they're probably not listening so whatever <laughs> that's what i always say to your guests i'm like well if you're not if you're not here if you're not at this point then you're just not watching so <laughs> this is what it is and yeah that's right man uh so yeah so just a wandavision want a want is elizabeth olsen's acting uh be having to do the sitcom thing that's pretty i would just imagine that's exhausting to ask somebody to be like all right dance monkey but dance in seven different outfits seven different methods seven different yeah seven different costumes like that's just a lot to process and i i love the posing like in the earlier episodes you know that classic 1950s housewife so she'd have to do lines with the hand out or with the hands at the hip she'd always have to do that it's almost like a choreography to it so yeah. the fact that like she just nailed that so well was like oh they killed it i mean they i heard they even actually talked to dick van dyke yes as a consultant and he had no idea about the mcu he's like what the hell <laughs> <laughs> so that must have been really funny like but yeah like the fact that they even consulted you know like him is unreal like it shows that they cared it it wasn't just a gimmick it wasn't just them being like you know, let's get crazy with the MCU. They they still have a formula. They still know why they're doing what they're doing. It would have been a disservice because it would have made it a gimmick if they hadn't been like, Dick Van Dyke, you know what you're doing. You did this. You fought, yeah. you wrote this. So tell us yeah. how to how to pay tribute to it. And while taking it and, you know, pulling it yarn and seeing what they can come up with. And also though that material, like it's a big gamble for the MCU, especially with Disney, because at the end of the day, Disney has to do everything for children to sell products to. But those WandaVision moments were for our generation and way older generations, right? So they took a big risk because guaranteed any kids watching that were like, huh? Like, why is it black and white? Like, they were probably just complaining. Like, why is this black and white? This is stupid. You know what I mean? Like, shit like that. Whereas, like, that's totally for our generation and older because we appreciate it. Because it's like, yeah. Like, you know, we... Like, not saying we grew up with black and white TV, but, like, I remember reruns on of, like, The Honeymooners and, you know, The Dick Van Dyke Show, The Andy Griffin Show and shit when I was a kid. So it, it just, like that was something that kind of spoke to us and we kind of got those inside jokes, but I guarantee any kids that were born in like 2000, you know, even now they're like, what, like, what is this shit? You know what I mean? So, and that's a big uh, risk to take on the kids. Absolutely. That you, they grew, like we grew, our gods were light saber wielding 
interstellar samurai. Yeah. Right? And, yeah. and, and spaceships that flew at mock speeds and guys in pajamas saying, you know, warp speed, Scotty, like <laughs> yeah. those, were, those were our gods that we saw on screen, but these are, yeah. these are biblical to a, to a very big fucking group of people, comic books, comic book heroes, superheroes. Oh yeah. Like they'll, oh, yeah. they'll be reading what we like a million years from whatever, not a million, but like, you know, far, far, far into the future, someone's going to yeah. back and be like, these people worshiped gods like Captain America and Thor and hundred percent and their, their scrolls of what they put on the walls. Like yeah. you're going to be those people. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. It was like, we were talking earlier about music and it's the same way as like giving your kids your old, you know, box of LPs and like getting them yeah. into like, why are the Beatles still relevant? Or like, why are people still listening to the Beatles and all these other bands and stuff? And it's because of us, we're like the pioneers that keep it alive. So if I were to give my kid, like if I had a kid today and I were to give him my old comics, it's going to be all that shit, right? It's exactly what you said. It's like the Captain America and Thor, these are our gods. <laughs> these are who you look up to. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's so true. So this was, it was a really, it was a really good risk that Marvel did. And it was a huge one. And they're smart because they did it so well. People are actually, I bet you the Dick Van Dyke show was getting Googled more in the last week than it has in like, you know, the last 10 years, let's say. So, hard. Uh, you know, it's, it's great. Like, you know, and I'm sure that's why Dick Van Dyke is excited, even though he definitely had no idea what the fuck they were talking about. He was like, it's 2020 and people want to, do you talk about the Dick Van Dyke show? Sure. Like, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. You still have that footage? <laughs> Yeah, like holy shit, it's in color now. What the fuck? <laughs> like and Bettany, I mean, I we've these are people who ha who can act, and when given yeah. enough enough room to fucking create characters for us, not only did they like, I always thought Vision was really cool. I didn't know much about Vision in the Avengers. I only went as far as you know the big commercial success ones. So. Right. Like, who's this synthesoid? And what is a synthesoid? <laughs> oh, you can punch him. Yeah. He can pull you and go through you. But he's on the internet. So whatever. But like <laughs> to to a guy who had to dress up in a costume and put red makeup on his face, that's probably you fucking peel it off, man. Right? That's four to six hours, I'm guessing. I don't know. Oh yeah. If Doug Morrow is listening. Um tweet at us messages let us know how long it takes to put paul bettany's makeup on by your guesstimation because you yeah you are our makeup guru doug morrow um but uh the uh the ability to act in that and to be a fucking yeah. Shakespearean, like to make silly in comic books and witches and floating and all that stuff like to make that dramatic and emotional and family friendly too there's you can that the entire family can watch that show and, yeah, you know, grief, the five stages of grief, like and the watching the TV together growing up and and all of the things that they they were like, well, we still know we're Disney, so we got to make it a little Disney, but in the right way, like it's just so balanced and the ingredients are measured precisely and there's care and there's a, a, the Matt Shackman, like child actor on the growing pains, child actor on the facts of life. Yeah. And then gets to make an entire superhero series, which he grew up loving 
um, about different eras of television that he grew up acting in and directing and being a part of. Yeah. Like everybody involved is just having a good fucking time and then it's magic, right? And you're like, I can't complain about this. Even though I didn't get Doctor Strange, even though the multiverse hasn't been cracked yet, even though it's going to be a, like 16 months before right. it happened. Right. Okay, fine. And that, it, that you know, and works. for sure. And it's so funny, like, as a little, yeah, as a little sad as I was that Doctor Strange didn't show up, it was also like, well, at least now we don't need any of this backstory groundwork in his movie. It can just get right into, you know, uh, what's going on and why Scarlet Witch. Because the thing that keeps running through my head is the fact that Catherine Hahn, Agatha, did a brilliant job of making it very well known that she is stronger than the Sorcerer Supreme, who is Doctor Strange. So when you think about that, it's so fucked because Doctor Strange is the sole, he's one of the biggest factors of why they were able to beat Thanos, right? Like was yeah. the fact that he went in and used the stone and everything. So to know that Scarlet Witch is technically stronger than that is mind blowing, especially for someone like Doctor Strange who needs to be top of his class. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, um, because he's an arrogant fucking surgeon by birth. Right, right. Before. And he still is. Yeah. He's yeah. Still, yeah. So yeah. It, fucking Benedict Cumberbatch Cabbage Patch. I fucking love him. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be, dude, it's going to be so awesome. And like, I kind of get it just because like being as hardcore nerds as we are, we kind of know, like, I can kind of imagine they're going to fight each other. And then Mephisto or whoever is the big villain is going to reveal themselves and then they're going to realize like Godzilla and King Kong, they're going to have to work together. They're going to have to just put it aside. And then, you know, also Scarlet Witch did a very good, very great scene of just telling Agatha, well, then I know where to find you if I need you. Yeah. So you know that that's going to definitely be like, well, as much as I fucking hate Agatha, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. So we got to work together. And, you know, like, it's going to be interesting to see how Agatha is going to react when she sees Strange and Scarlet Witch all together. That's a really good point. And what you're 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 referencing the fact that that's comic book shit. Oh, yeah. Agatha is in and out of Scarlet Witch's life. Yeah. Either sometimes for sometimes against her. So yeah. now that they like they they respect each other as witches because she didn't end her. She just right. left her away. So you right. make a really good point, and that's reference to the in and out of Wanda's life in the comic books, which also did everybody a solid service and brought Snow White Vision onto the yeah from West Coast yeah. Avengers, as you'd mentioned when we talked before. Like yeah, that that storyline is like okay, yeah, we knew what we were doing when we took the liberties with how we were going to present it to you. But to everybody who's a big comic book fan, and this is all I've, I've read because I didn't know this, but like White Vision is like a big like, hey, nerds, got your back, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, I still honestly, I loved that whole confrontation between the visions was like, again, it was short, but it didn't feel like a gimmick because it just made sense. The ultimate way to make vision is vision is self-aware and that's all that real vision was doing with ghost vision was just being like dude what are your orders again and then your orders don't make sense because i'm you and then it's like ah 
<laughs> by programming, right? And it's genius because you're like, right, when Vision first started, it was Android, but where Vision is now, it's the idea that he is like, he is more a sentient being rather than just an Android. He is actually has human behavior and he, he is, he's becoming human more than he is machine, right? So it was really awesome to see like vision. It was basically like baby vision and then like wise man vision, you know, <laughs> and they're like coming together and it's like, hey baby, let me just bring you back to my level. And then it's like, holy shit, right? And I thought that was genius. Cause I'm like, you know, it makes sense. They're fucking androids. Like at the end of the day, that's what they are. So he brought it back to basics and was like, let me just update your programming. And then it was like, the programming was collapsing on itself. Right. So that was, um, that was one of my theories that somehow vision in some way would reboot it. Either he would, he would either get rebooted. Vision would be rebooted somehow. And yeah, our way to do that is to now have vision reboot himself and, right. have, and have this fucking short, but good fight like that was a great oh, really fight. like when they really? went down into the ground and they were upside down yeah and in. they were like going transparent so they'd get stuck yeah. into each other and yeah. used each other as like that was brilliant like it was great and it was also one of those things where i'm like i like that it wasn't dragged out like it wasn't a 45 minute long like i compare it to um the hobbit part two where the dragon and uh bilbo were meeting for the first time because it's to me, it's the worst because it's just the same thing over. It's dialogue, dialogue, I'm going to eat you, blow fire, he gets away. Dialogue, dialogue, blow fire, he gets like It was just the same shit. Whereas with this, it was like, it, you're invested, but you're also like, well, fuck, how is any of them going to win? They're the same thing. It's like when Bart's trying to fight himself and they <laughs> he's trying to fight his twin and they're moving the same fist at the same, right? Like, it's just... So then it came down to, oh, fuck, right. I just need to update your programming. And then you'll question everything as you should. And that's basically what he did. And in the fucking coolest way, it went from superhero fight to philosophical debate in midair, <laughs> which yeah, I, I've never Wikipedia something so fast in my life. Like, what's the ship? Because <laughs> it's obvious. I know. Right. And I know. And found out, and that's, and like, that's like, that's some serious philosophical shit. But then you're like, oh, that totally applies yeah. to what they're fighting about. And then how absolutely has to replace the planks of the other, which it makes the, sh it, the ship, but not like it, it, so that, that was, yeah. just, like, whoever. And isn't it so beautifully written and so beautifully acted out? Because like you said, I didn't even know what the fuck that ship was. So for a second there, I was like, oh no. Am I not going to get this whole part? But then they broke it down. And then exactly like you said, when you see what Vision is saying, and then the other ghost Vision is like, yeah. And then you as the audience are like, yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> it's so good. Like, it's just, that's what I, it brings you back to being a kid reading those comic books and having those moments of being like, what? Oh my God. Like, it's so good. It's just there. And they're at a point now where, if they tried to do that in phase one, it would feel like a gimmick or it would just feel cheesy or like, Oh, they didn't earn this. Like it just kind of, they threw you in that in like the last 10 minutes, but because they know now that they just have this amazing foundation and they've built this world, 
they take these risks and it pays off because we want these risks now. We're at that point where it's like, give it to us, man. Like, I want to see this world blow up and I want to see these characters develop more than ever. Yeah, I, they can, I, I, I trust. I've, you've earned my trust with. Absolutely. And they're doing the mini series, right? Which is mm-hmm. smart. It's a long fucking movie, badly edited or edited perfectly. Yeah. Edited the way you want. You just have more time to create and have fun. Absolutely. And stories and have all that good shit. And, and again, going back to a comic book style, they do these little origin stories in these little mini series on Disney Plus so that when Scarlet Witch shows up in the movie, you're like, yeah, I get it. And if you're like, wait, when did this happen? Go watch that little mini series, get caught up, and then boom. Because like one of my favorite things was reading a comic book. And it's like issue 33. You have no idea what's going on. You're in the middle of a storyline, but you're reading it. And then you're like, oh, Wolverine's here? Awesome. <laughs> right? You don't even care of like, how did he get here? You're like, cool, Wolverine's here now. And I can't wait. That's why like once the X-Men are fully in there, oh man, it's going to see who's, it's going to be so wild to see who's going to show up with who and like who's going to be chilling with who. It's going to be wild, man. It's going to be great. I just wish Sony would just be like, all right, fine take i know eh? i know like i don't know if there's somebody who was like hey here's our number and disney was like no like they're just they know what they're sitting on right so are they going do we just want to be along for the like are they just happy to like hitch their i think it's it's sony like i have a huge grudge with sony and i like with their movie division and i think it's ego more than anything i think it's the fact that they know that we all want the spidey with the mcu disney wants spidey they're getting off on that and they would make a million spider-man threes before i think they would sell the character which sucks but they also do know that there is no reason to end this partnership with marvel because they've never made this much money with the character of spider-man on their own they've never made this much money no and at the end of the day, that's why you are paying to have the rights to this character. So um, I, but what I think too is like, they're really trying to develop this Spider-Man villain universe. And they think that once this universe is really taking off, they can pull Tom Holland out of the MCU and throw him in this thing. But I think once like Morbius does not really do well and like even Venom 2, like, compared to what the MCU is doing, there's such a huge difference in terms of good product and talent. There just is, man. Like, it's like different management style is basically what it comes down to. Sony is very inexperienced with making big, amazing, epic blockbuster superhero movies that are long lasting. They've made superhero movies, but not a lot like other than the original Rami, like Sam Raimi trilogy of Spider-Man you know, and then now with Tom Holland, but again, that success is all credit to Kevin Feige. <laughs> like, yeah, Sam Raimi made. I liked the three. I did. I loved it. I loved it. Like even Spider Man three is rough, but his trilogy was awesome. It was great. All together, I will watch them. And there's nothing Sam Raimi could shit in my mouth too. I dude, the fact that they brought him for Doctor Strange two was so such a good idea and i'm so excited and it totally makes sense especially if they're going to do 
even if it's a quick scene of like a Spidey verse thing, who better than Sam Raimi, man? Like it should be him doing it. It's it's such a compliment, and it obviously is like Kevin's like I can't be here without you. Like you, yeah, you are the reason we're here. And if we're gonna tie if we're gonna tie the room together, right? Then, then why not let you have another kick at the can? And if anybody can do horror, creepy, still family friendly, it's Sam Raimi. Like Sam Raimi can make Evil Dead where it scares you, but he can also make Evil Dead where it makes you kind of laugh but still creeps you out. And I think that was the perfect choice to go for that horror element that they're going for. Because, like, I think of when Doc Ock first gets the arms uh, and he's in the hospital. Yeah. And they're trying to saw him off. That fucking scene is so wicked. And I remember being a kid watching that and being like, this is fucking freaking me out. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a great scene. And it's all Sam Raimi. It's his creativity. It's that it's that um, uh, evil dead mind that he has in there. And it's awesome. I, I'm, 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 I will always, I should just give all my money to Marvel now. And then yeah. before I die, I'd be like, okay, what's left? Well, what's left of what it would have costed to see all this. If there's anything else. Disney Plus, again, Disney Plus, as soon as I realized home of Star Wars, home of Marvel, it was like, well, that's my money. Yeah. <laughs> like they just like a million subscribers. Yeah. So, you know, and, and hopefully that means they get rid of this premier access bullshit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's so dumb. It's really hard to swallow. I want to watch Rhea and her dragon or whatever. The I do too. But like, dude, especially if they're like, if you wait two months, it's free. Well, I have so much other shit to watch. I can definitely wait two months. You guys are idiots. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Like it's if- not like I've watched everything. I guess I have to pay the extra $30 now. Like, come on. Yeah. It it's uh, I mean that uh, we've we've talked about it. This is the machine of Disney. And yeah, it's just they make money and nobody knows how to make money like them. But when they do things like this, like it pisses us off no matter what. But we've accepted it. But then they do things like this, and then it's like, oh yeah, this is why we kind of hate you guys. That's right. <laughs> you make too much money. <laughs> I don't want Disney to shit in my mouth. <laughs> Disney's gonna no. Stop. Stop the shitting in my mouth, Disney. Anybody we were gonna give you a show on Disney Plus, but you guys just threw that away. <laughs> do they have after shows yet? We should be the we should do an after show for Mandalorian for fucking WandaVision. They don't have that yet, eh? No, I would highly doubt they'd even let us in the building. Um <laughs> but, whatever. big. I mean if <laughs> If somebody can pitch what this show talks about, fuck, okay. Um, yeah. You you need to pitch for for everything that I do in life going forward. <laughs> so in, in all in all, WandaVision by our high standards here, because we love, we, we, we are balanced in our disapproval of shit. I don't fucking really hate anything when, I come, when it comes to it. So like people could call me a, like a kiss ass or a shrill or whatever, but like I just love stuff. I just love it all. Like I love it for its badness. I love it for goodness. And I think it's because you just appreciate the fact that we're lucky. Yeah. Like that even if they make it bad, we're lucky that there's at least someone who cares enough about this shit, even if it's money, which it always is, but they care enough about it to try and do something with it. Yeah. I still commend that. And I still respect someone that gets something made because like I've made short films and I've been part of it as I know you have. And it's not an easy process, whether you're getting paid millions of dollars or you're doing it for a 48 hour film festival, it's not easy. 
It's a fucking process. So I respect that. But yeah, sometimes it just angers me because I'm like, how the fuck was there no one in the room saying this is a bad idea? What the yeah. fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, you employ way too many yes men, yes people, Disney. Yeah. Or like sometimes don't let the accountant make the final decision. Like, fuck that dude. What does he know? He's an accountant. Yeah. Like, like you pay him to lie. So pay him to lie to your and say this is yeah. a bad idea. <laughs> See what happens. Uh, but yeah, so no, I, I can't wait for Winter Sol- Falcon Winter Soldier. If this is what this is, then then I'm I'm okay. Yeah, especially if they're gonna. I wonder if they're gonna overlap. Like, I wonder if they will. You know, they're gonna. It's the I've I've read. Where the fuck did I read that? I can't quote. Oh, so they're like they're not gonna reference each other at all. No, they're gonna be there. Okay, own. they'll they'll eventually tie in. Yeah, all, probably with the movie. They all talk to. Yes, exactly. They'll all be backstory tied in, but uh, they are all their own separate. Entity. Well, you know what? I respect that because then again, it makes it worth more to rewatch everything and kind of like, you know, and it's nice that we had this experience with WandaVision and it was great. And it definitely seems like Capt or like Falcon Winter Soldier is going to be a whole different kind of side, which is what it should be. Yeah. So I'm excited to get like a Jason Bourne kind of MCU kind of show. So. Uh, yeah, I I can't. I, I tried to be like, I know where one division's going. <laughs> Fuck yeah. That. Well, and I keep thinking, I'm like, right. I keep forgetting the big thing too with Falcon and Winter Soldier. Are they going to be building up to someone officially taking over for Cap? Because in the comics, they do have a, they keep Captain America alive, and it's the Falcon as a captain, and they do a storyline with actually Bucky taking over. But the role stays the same. They call them Captain America. So I wonder if they're going to do anything with that. And we do see the shield. Like, we have a moment in the trailer with both of them kind of interacting with the shield. So there's definitely that element. And they know what they're doing, right? So I would love it if Captain America became a moniker, like you said. And it allowed... Yeah, like a Batman. Like a Batman. I I, I think putting on the Cap suit will pay homage to steve and and it won't matter like it shouldn't matter because yeah you're right they did both um yeah i and, and, i want to see both i think that would be such a fucking cool idea to be I do too. share the shield share yeah. the role like they're a great fucking team they're gonna be comedically awesome on screen like i like i i what the fuck's his name is playing bucky these guys i can never oh sebastian sebastian's dad i've liked yeah. I've liked him. Hot tub time machine, man. Yes. Hot tub time. He was so good at that. He was so every time I watch that now, because he's so little in Hot Tub Time Machine, like he's so physically like he's in good shape, but he's just like half the size he is now. Yeah. And it's so funny seeing him in Hot Tub Time Machine because he plays the 80s bully and he's great at it. And then seeing him come in now as Bucky is just unreal. Well, and like he's 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 been a creeper too man like i'm i'm yeah he's been around for a while yeah he was in destroyer with nicole kidman uh he was he was amazing in i tanya i I loved oh he He was was so good in that he was so committed to that role like i yeah you are a fucking asshole because when you saw the real guy even the way he talked i'm like wow he copied his speech everything like his mannerisms unreal he was also in a series I watched for a bit called "I'm Dying Up Here." It was on. It was on Showcase or FX. It was about stand-up comedians. Yeah. yeah, 
he played he played a comedian who uh it was only on one show but he did like a really cool set he did a killer set on carson and then killed himself and everybody just couldn't figure oh. out why. he was he his guest spot was he was in he was in the pilot so he was that that's guy. wild um so is and you know i heard good things about that show i really because i think jim carrey was a producer of it i think well it plays into um the comedy store in la i believe it's the comedy store in la and Polly shore's mom mitzi shore yeah how she got it in a divorce and how she yeah. basically like mitzi is responsible for everybody we love today because when she gave them time at the, at the right or you got discovered so like everybody kind of from what i hear in the comedy world which i don't hear much but i know mitzi shore is like a golden calf when it comes to selection and process and there uh i've been inside the comedy store I, I didn't perform in it but i went inside and there's just something about even being in there you you definitely feel like whoa like it's a cool venue it's a small venue but you definitely feel like yeah i get it there's been like greatness here <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah it's wild was made in that room at one point yeah so for sure a good juju um, yeah but uh yeah so falcon winter soldier is is gonna be just delicious i'm ready i'm ready i'm excited especially because like i really love i forget his name um the actor that plays baron zemo i think it's daniel daniel brule daniel brule he is fantastic like Right from Inglorious Bastards, that was the first thing I saw with him, and I was hooked on this kid. He's great. I really liked Baron Zemo, but I do admit in Civil War he was kind of useless. Like he was kind of just there to get things going. But then obviously the focus of the movie was about the Civil War, not really about Baron Zemo. So the fact that they're bringing him back in this is very cool. And I mean, again, in typical Marvel fashion, they did leave him alive. You know, like they did, um, that was a very powerful scene because I think Black Panther actually catches the bullet when he goes to kill himself. And um, he tells him that he's like, no, you're not done here yet. And um, that's kind of wild because I wonder if they're going to mention that at all, that if he hadn't kept him alive, right, you technically wouldn't have what's going to happen in Winter Soldier and the Falcon. So that's pretty yeah. interesting. No, you're right. And also a funny, funny thing I just saw here. Um well, two funny things. George St. Pierre is in Falcon Winter Soldier. He is. Yeah, he's coming back too because he was in the beginning of Winter Soldier. So he's playing the same role and a woman, yeah. an actor, and uh, her name is Veronica Falcon. Ooh. So the Falcon is Falcon, And it's Veronica, Veronica Falcon. <laughs> That's I, I, I'm looking forward to the dude comedy that they're going to throw into it. I think it's going to be yeah. like the other guys. I think it's going to be yeah. the brothers. I think you're going to have like a lot of good banter, a lot of good, you know, cause they like to give each other shit. They like to outdo each other. Right. There's that competitive yeah. between them. Like that's gonna, that's going to really shine through as cause they're, they're, they're playing them out to be a team. Yeah. And, and they are, yeah. they always are kind of in competition with each other at all times. Like kind of like, um, Martin will like this. You'll appreciate this. Like uh, Gimli and Legolas. They have like, they have a bro ship going, but they're always competing with each other at all times. So, and with this, they are literally competing, I think, for as much as they'll never admit it, they are competing to take over the shield. Uh, yeah. No, they totally For sure. Right? Like, you, you definitely see that. And another thing you mentioned that's interesting is that 
with Cap being kind of out of the picture, it's going to be really interesting to see how Bucky moves on because Bucky has that same serum that Cap does. So he's kind of like living for a while. <laughs> it's going to be around for a while. And then the agent, PBD. the agent Carter's granddaughter that had that moment with Cap, it'll be interesting because she's going to be in the show as well. So it's going to be seeing, it's going to be interesting to see her dynamic as well. I like her character. Uh, I, I just don't know how they do it. I'm always blown away. That yeah. It's, it's just, I haven't really, we, we haven't really been let down, but, uh, enough, no. enough kicking this, this marble horse in the balls here. Um, <laughs> I got, there's some other stuff I kind of wanted to, to chit chat with you. Oh, on. one last thing. Oh, sure. At the very end, after scenes credit with Scarlet Witch in the book. Oh yeah. What do you think's going on there? What do you think? Oh, and our costume, absolutely love it. I love that it, she looks hot, but it's not like sexualized. Um, yeah, it looks nice. more practical. Yeah, it's it. it but she looks hot. She looks, looks super great. It looks like <laughs> it's like old Magneto costume too. Yeah, man, it's totally an homage to Magneto for sure. Because like even the color is the same. Like I personally wanted a little bit more of that bright comic book red, but I understand why they went with the color they did. So. So that's that's saying something, um, which it it could be uh, multiple things, but it just might be a, like a hey, we see you comic book fans, we know Magneto, we, we know sure. Magneto into this. I love the costume as well. The costume, uh, the the crown in the comic books is a little comical. It's like four yeah. feet tall. So yeah, it's like massive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Getting it right, yeah. and then the dark hold at the end with the runes and stuff. Um, that is where I think. Wanda goes bad. She's, yes, children are missing, so she's cracking multiverses to find the children. Yeah, dude, that's totally what it is. That's what I thought. She's like, "Where is there a timeline where my kids are alive?" Yes, and then she clearly found it. And funny enough, another shout out to the fans: the timeline where her kids are alive is in the X Men universe. So she finds that timeline, and then she's like, "Rip!" And I think she literally is ripping that like rip in the reality but that's totally my theory too i i totally agree with you and i think that's going to be the first big real x-men yeah we're doing x-men you know what i mean like that is that is the perfect dovetail into the open a universe like you say and yeah you have it's giving yourself a thousand outs to be yeah. like we do we we knew we knew yeah some other company owned the rights that's another yep. universe that was yep. made and we know this other yep. company owned rights to right. things and now that we own the rights to them we can open right. those universes yeah that we're all calling them so that one day when there's a bridge to make it happen you can do it and there's not a lot of pushback so exactly you crack open the X-Men universe. You crack open the Fantastic Four universe. You yep. crack open whatever universe yep. you want because what did comic books do? They bridged universes. Exactly, man. And basically we're at exactly like you said, it's basically ex just like a comic book now. We're you're in a comic book store. You have the X-Men comics here. You got Spider-Man comics over there. And guess what? You have comics over here where they will fucking meet each other. And there's yeah. crossovers. Yeah. And even in the X-Men one, Spidey shows up and vice versa. Like we're getting to that point. And I love that they're just like embracing it. Like phase five of the MCU is basically just going to be, 
you're a kid at a comic book store, have fun. <laughs> <laughs> Grab whichever comics you like and go to town on them, you know, especially with COVID happening too, it's definitely making them realize that you can't, movies are still important and movies still tell a bigger story, but you can't rely on release schedules as much as you used to before COVID. Because the original plan with WandaVision was that right when WandaVision ended, I think two weeks went by and then it was Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness. And thinking about that totally would have been wild. The hype, the level of like making bank for them, totally get it. But just because you can't necessarily do that doesn't mean they can't just tell these stories anymore. You know, like, so they're definitely getting smarter. So they're filling in these gaps with delaying the movies with more Disney Plus shows. And like Loki's coming up shortly after Winter Soldier ends, which is very smart again on their part. And Loki looks fun too. Like the whole idea that there's gonna, he's fucking around with a timeline himself that totally will tie in. Like, what if when they reset Multiverse of Madness completely, like I'm assuming that's how the movie ends or whatever, that means Loki has to die because that's the timeline that they exist in. Can I also mention that the Mind Stone was in the Tesseract? Yeah, and Loki, in her. And in her. Loki has the Has the Tesseract! <laughs> Holy shit! Oh my God, that's true. And Vision, that could be a whole thing with Vision. So we have a Mind Stone in a different universe. Yeah. Multiverse. Yeah. Traveling around with Loki that allows the bridging of, if you have two Mind Stones and two Time Stones and one now has a witch who is using <laughs> Mind Stone created in her. Don't let me theorize, bitch. I'll go for hours. Um, <laughs> but it it really does have the ability if you've got to because all you have to do is just write a new timeline and be like all right well, yeah let's just give ourselves another tester act again yeah and they gave yeah. themselves the out which was the little hole that he ran through in end game and that's that well and yeah like what loki is doing is obviously going to have repercussions and that totally bleeds into multiverse of madness so it's really, it's really brilliant now that we're seeing. And like, again, Kevin Feige is so smart when he does this, right? They always pick a random date where they're like, here's the map for the for phase four. And you see things on there that you're like, huh? And like, <laughs> see things on there that you're like, whoa, like awesome. But now that we're actually seeing it, it's so fucking wicked because they really do have a plan. And now it's making me be like, so what they've done at the end there too with Monica is I assume she's going to go see Nick Fury in the sword headquarters because at the end of Far From Home, that's where he was. He was in that. We didn't know it was sword. We assumed it was shield, but it was actually the sword headquarters that's like orbiting Earth. Yeah, because the scroll so, in the end credit, the scroll came. That's right. And she's like, he was friends with your mom and it was totally Nick Fury. So now... And they did say they were going to do Secret Invasion as a Disney Plus show, which involves the Skrulls. And funny enough, that's a huge storyline in the X-Men universe. So that's a whole other thing that they're planting seeds with. And they did announce a Fantastic Four movie. So the Fantastic Four are right out of the X-Men, or at least the mutant universe. So um, yeah, like it's, I think 
we're also going to get some more announcements when Doctor Strange comes out and after like a month of it being out because the way the movie's going to end, there's going to be things where it's going to be like, they have to explain this. And then I wouldn't be surprised if they pull like a Book of Boba Fett moment where at the end of Doctor Strange, you'll actually get the title of where the story is going to conclude or continue either in a Disney Plus show or the next movie. And they're really saving that for when the movie comes out. Um, that's why these delays, it like kills us all because it's like these delays with these movies could really be delaying a show because they can't do say a season two of WandaVision even if they have it planned until you see Multiverse of Madness. Hold, hold that thought. Don't want the computer to die. So. Oh yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love that sound. There we go. I was like, oh, wow, that's... Yeah. Not, not a lot of power left to finish the rest of this shit. So, um, anyways, yeah, so we fucking dig WandaVision and we can't wait to get hard for Winter Falcon Winter Soldier. Yeah. Um, I had some, That's right. Some other stuff kind of came up in news recently. Yes. It was kind of funny. And uh, the first one... Um, specifically uh, has to do with streaming so it kind of ties into what we were just talking about um netflix test feature to crack down on password sharing <laughs> so uh <for laughs> out there who doesn't like the way i read things um that translates to uh you can't you're not gonna be able to share your password with anybody anymore and it's they're doing this thing it says uh if you don't live with the owner of the account you'll need your own account to keep watching just like randomly pop up and then you'll have to prove to the account to, it's your account via a verification code sent over email or text message now right so if for example you're sharing your account and i'm just possibly pointing out a hole in this theory we rely too much on technology not enough on brains if charles has a password and he has shared it with me and i don't have my own and i want to continue watching and you then have to send an email to Charles or to me to tell me that the only way I'm going to get it is if I get the verification code sent to Charles. So then I just text Charles and Charles gives me the password. Yeah, I just text you the code. So the only thing that this is going to really crack down on is, you know, your buddy who, you know, doesn't want it, right? You're like, but you're like, okay, cool. I'll just share it with you, right? Because you're cool. You're like, I'm just going to share my password. This isn't going to stop anything. Or am I wrong? Is, it, is my math not check out? Honestly, from what it sounds like is I think they can't, <laughs> I don't think there's any way to fully prevent it. I think they're just trying to make it more tedious. So <laughs> they're hoping that people just get frustrated and they'll be like, dude, just get your own fucking account. Because well, I, what you just said makes sense to me. Because as soon as you said it, I was like, well, I could just text you the code. Yeah. <laughs> like you could literally be like, hey man, I'm going to sign in onto Netflix. It's going to tell me that I need a code, it'll text it to you. I'm doing it right now. Can you just send me the code as soon as you get it? And I could be like, yeah, dude, go for it. That's not a nuisance to somebody I care about. That's a nuisance to somebody who 
like I'm right. sharing a password with. It's a new. It, you know what? You know what this is gonna suck. It's gonna suck for all the people who broke up with each other, and have yet to like. There's gonna be a lot oh. of relationship uh, drama about this, right? They're gonna be like, "Oh fuck, they locked me out of the bathroom." Yeah. It's gonna say it. How badly do you still want to watch this Netflix on this account? Like, yeah. you know, I laugh too because part of me is like, "It's 2021, man." I've had to pay for my own Netflix for a while. Just get your own fucking Netflix. And like, also, I don't want to see what you're watching. I want you to see what I'm watching. Like, I know you can make your own account, but like, I don't even like, just get your own fucking account. <laughs> I'll do it for my mom. I'll do it for like, you know, people that I know that are like internet. Just, it's so much easier if I do it. But for like a buddy that just doesn't want to pay for it, it's like, well, I have to pay for it. So fuck off. Yeah, like that kind of relationship is you're gonna go sour. But yeah, my mom and family and friends and whatnot close. People, yeah, I don't for mind. sure. Like, you know, whatever. Here you go. And like, that's just gonna push people absolutely to go somewhere else, right? They're gonna be like, well, HBO doesn't. Yeah. So I don't know, whatever. But I just. But like, I mean, I think Netflix has said this a million times. They always say they're testing it, and then I think you know what? Like, if you have thought of it, there's no way that none of their programmers have. They probably won't do it. <laughs> like or they'll do it and then it'll suddenly that feature will be gone all of a sudden because they don't want to lose subscribers right like that at the end of the day like you want your money so but like disney's okay so disney just reached 100 million and i think i think yeah there's 200 million to date so that says a lot about who how much fucking little mermaid people like watching but yeah like what, what i what i draw from that is okay those are 100 million people out there who are sharing passwords right now and yeah Netflix is making this decision for netflix but there's prime there's disney there's paramount plus there's hulu like yeah. there's there's all these subscriptions out there that you got to pay for other people if they don't do like disney's the netflix is forcing the hand of an industry it kind of feels because nobody else is doing it and then they're going to real like someone the accountant's going to realize you know, guys, here's the hard numbers of what people might be sharing, right? So, yeah, yeah. Like, it's eventually going to trickle through. And I mean, it might not be the change that we all want to see, but it definitely, and, and I'm not saying it's not expensive. It adds up, right? It's, uh, of course, yeah. I'm not lighting, you know, $100 bills over here on fire, but like, <laughs> yeah. at the same, oh, fucking phone is not. Like it should still be, it should still be cheaper than cable at the end of the day. Like if yeah. you're paying more money or as much a month for streaming as you are cable, then I'm like, you gotta just cancel some things. Cause like, then yeah. who, what's the fucking point? Like, what is the point? Just get a cable package at this point. You know what I mean? Go for the HBO and all that shit. But yeah, like I, I also think it's based too is like on content. Like it's very easy to get sucked in on one streaming service because of one show, let's say. Um, so it's just like who is going to be most bang for my buck in terms of like long lasting and like i said like disney has a huge advantage at the fact that they can just market three major franchises at people which is like disney catalog and pixar marvel and fucking star wars and then they have like national geographic like and now stars like that whole fucking thing is like so it, it's it makes sense because Disney from the get-go always has the advantage that they're catered to families right from the beginning. 
Yeah. They And that's always their trump card, man. Always. <laughs> well, it's also what they have to protect too. Like they created the brand. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. It's, uh, and, and and I think someone said to me that they made more money, and it totally makes sense. The first year that they bought Star Wars, they made more money on selling toys in that year than they did on The Force Awakens. And The Force Awakens, I think, made a billion dollars that year. So that's fucking crazy. Well, everybody likes to put Star Wars. Like, I've seen Star Wars on bags of lemons, like, just to get kids to want. Yeah, Ziploc bags. Yeah, like. Where the fuck were those when I was a kid? <laughs> you want to ruin a planet? Just keep putting more stuff. <laughs> Put Star Wars on everything. People will just buy it and then throw it out because it'll be useless. Like, like, put Star Wars on the fucking next car you buy. See how long. You yeah. want. Dude, seriously, I bought a can of Chef Boyardee because it had Darth Vader on it. And I got home and I was like, this is so gross. This is not the one I even like. <laughs> Darth Vader on it. I was like, cool. I have been sucked into many Kinder Surprise Star Wars themed toys. Like, I, I'm not. <sighs> yeah. I'm not impenetrable to the lure and sexiness of star wars tchotchkes <laughs> kicking around <laughs> that's that that's i'm under their spell never gonna fucking yeah. spent 300 yeah, i spent 300 canadian dollars on a fucking lightsaber that's how yeah. fucking stupid i am so yeah that's okay. but i love that i love my lightsabers <laughs> i that's a fucking gorgeous lightsaber it's heavy people lift it up and they're like that's a heavy because you got the one that has the actual weight, right? I got the one that you pay for the experience. And then yeah. you're the only middle-aged man there and everybody else is 30 years younger than you. If they're Dude, and you're, I can't I can't wait because I'll be that guy that's just like kicking kids like their lightsabers out of their heads and being like, fight me! Fight me, kids! Yeah, <laughs> dad let his, both of his kids get one. So that was $500 in 30 seconds. Whoa! And then oh, shit. they went and fought with them and they're not, they're, they're decorative. They, they, yeah, they, yeah. They make a, they make a nerd den nerdier. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. They're not like fucking props. And then you can use yeah. them. <laughs> like, I didn't buy the one you have in the movie. I bought the one based yeah. on the one you have in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. The one idiot middle-aged men buy, <laughs> but love the experience and have a great fucking time. And Disney took yeah, it. Yeah, dude. Um, with, with the way, cutting cords is going like we cut cable and you know yep i it's it is less like if you're if you're curious if you're ever like what should we cut the cable oh it's significantly cheaper. less you can and you can like customize shit you can like I, we yep. have one set of channels that has like history uh food network a bunch of other yep. and like those are enough so yep. i don't i never really also like ctv offers i don't know if people know this but like ctv offers a, an app for free and they have all their programming tv shows and movies dude they have stuff that like netflix crave doesn't and i'm blown away like yeah. and it's free you just have to like i can watch anything on the global app and on the ctv app and on the jam right app, uh the week of it's airing so yeah on a monday and you're like i missed it you have six days to go to the CTV app and be like, oh, I missed yeah. it. I'll watch it. Oh, I missed MasterChef. I'll watch it. Like, yeah. All of these things make cable way shittier. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, I, somebody sent me a trailer. Like, I had no idea. I'm a huge Kenny versus Spenny fan. Like, I absolutely love that show. And 
a buddy of mine sent me a trailer and they did a coronavirus special. And I started laughing and I'm like, that show is actually brilliant for a pandemic because they always did the episodes, majority of them in their apartment. So I was like, that's kind of funny, but I'm like, where the fuck do I see it? And it was on gem, but it was all free. I literally just downloaded the app, typed it in and I just watched it. And then I broadcasted it from my phone to my TV and it was awesome. <laughs> like, I was like, why would I ever need cable? <laughs> in short, Netflix, don't do this because nobody else is doing it. And I don't think nobody else wants to do it because they were copying you. And now yeah. you're going to like, you're the like Netflix is the trendsetter is what I kind of, yeah. I don't know how to yeah. set myself, but no, I think you're right. Like everyone does streaming because of them. So like they broke the mold, which kind of fucking dovetails us into another conversation about something you put on your nerdgasm Instagram feed, which is super funny. And I'll just oh, yeah. bring it up because it, it totally makes sense here. A uh, little backstory for anybody who doesn't know this, but there was a there was a time when I just didn't know what to do. No, um, there was a time <laughs> where uh, Netflix was. This is for all you kids. <laughs> it's for all you little people. Netflix was a mail-in DVD service, right? Yeah. And you would send them a checklist. They would send you back the DVDs, and then you mail them back. That's their that's their origin story. Fact check me if in the comments, anybody, if you know more than that. But that's, I think, what the general public knows. Anyways, they were getting big. They were getting big. They were getting big. They were getting big. And then they were going to jump to streaming. And they went to Blockbuster and they were like, hey, we're going to do this. And they offered to buy them. Yeah. And am I, am I still right on this trial? Yeah. Like so, yeah. Uh, so, the, I believe it's still the CEO till this day of Netflix went to the CEO of Blockbuster and basically said, look, I have this company, uh, Netflix, and we want to move to streaming. We think the future of it is basically like what iTunes is doing for music is what we want to do for movies, basically. So they pitched that to Blockbuster for Blockbuster to buy because this guy just wanted to sell a, a company for a lot of money and retire because I think he was like in his late 20s, early 30s. Like he was young. Reed Hastings. And yeah, and he just wanted to sell it, make money. And Blockbuster just shit on him. They're like, no, this is stupid. And they said no, but he knew he had a good idea. So that's why he was like, you know what? I want to see this company through. And it's kind of crazy because if Blockbuster didn't do that, I don't think Netflix would be the way it is today. It would have been bought by a corporate entity who already had yes. a standing in the world and in a good name at the time to run yep. with that and be like, hey, listen, you don't have to come to the store anymore, guys. You can yeah. rent movies from home. And then they yeah. probably would have just charged for the ability to rent the movie. Yeah. And streaming. Like a Sean demand. Like when yeah. you go to Sean. And you know what's crazy is like they could they could kind of do what HBO Max is trying to do where it's like it's in the video store. And if it's all rented out, go home and see if it's on the Blockbuster app. And you can yeah. just get it through there. Watch on your TV. You know what I mean? So they're still making money. Funny enough, when Netflix started blowing up and it made its entrance into Canada, uh, in the States, a satellite company, I think it's called DirecTV, did a partnership with Blockbuster where basically if you got a DirecTV satellite and you got a Blockbuster subscription, you would get the whole Blockbuster library, which is massive. And at that time was bigger than Netflix's library because Netflix was still building up and getting contracts with studios and shit. Blockbuster already had all those contracts. So they were literally doing that and it's still 
did not do well. Like DirecTV eventually stopped doing this promo and the blockbuster thing just got like it died off. They filed for bankruptcy, but they even tried to do a streaming thing. And it was almost like sad because they were like, you know, miserably admitting that they should have done it in the first place. But Netflix was just already too popular. And Netflix was becoming a more household name than Blockbuster was. Yeah, no. And there's a little caveat to all of this, which I believe in the response to Netflix offering to do this, they said that you could throw everything at us, including the kitchen sink or something to that effect. And we wouldn't partner with you. And on the day of Blockbuster kind of failing and going away, Netflix sent the CEO of Blockbuster a kitchen sink and said, (laughs) thank you. Yes. And that's a, that is, that's kill them with kindness or with appliances, whatever. Yeah. But, and now, (laughs) Well, and now the, the romance is... and the, the, the fucking conflict and romance of this movie is that Netflix is releasing a film about the, lack blo- about the last blockbuster video store, which I believe, is it Alaska? Let me see this. Yeah, no, I think Oregon. it is. Oh, no, it's Oregon. There was one in Alaska. Our, yeah, you're right. And that one shut down, I think, like last year or two years ago. And then now the last one is in Oregon. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So today, one blockbuster remains. Yellow and Bend, Oregon. Now is literally the last blockbuster on the planet. The store has become an object of some fascination. It was recently turned into an Airbnb for a special content. Yes. Now is the last subject of a documentary called The Last Blockbuster. And in a supreme ironic twist, the film is about to premiere on Netflix, the company that essentially pushed blockbuster out of the industry in the first place. Um, I wonder if they're going to discuss, like I was telling Michael, that the story behind like the whole story between blockbuster and netflix is almost like more interesting and just as interesting as the whole last blockbuster that i hope they do like a making of or almost a documentary of this relationship because the story is just wild like it is so crazy that and still till this day the ceo of blockbuster uh, at least the ceo at the time that said no he has publicly admitted that it's the worst decision he's ever made Oh yeah, I mean you, you <laughs> can't you can't hide from that shit, dude. Like, no, there's no denying it. Like you're really fucked up because after that, pretty much that was the beginning of the end. Even before it was the beginning of the end, that's why this guy from Netflix was really like he really thought it was going to be a, you know uh, a no thinker. Like they would hop on it because they were already dying, and then they said no, and it was like, well, you just fucking nailed the last you know nail in your coffin basically in this. So. Yeah, it's uh, it's ironic, but it's kind of amazing that it's giving us some really great entertainment. I wish, I only wish that it was produced by Netflix. Like that would have been, yeah, if they got their dog yeah. to do it and be like, right, yeah, so we push these guys out. They deserve a fair shake. So um, let's just imagine having the Netflix crew in their filming and they got their huge Netflix logo on their camera and on their trailers and right? stuff. Oh my dear! Lord. I would love the Airbnb experience just yeah. for the novelty and what we grew up with. I think we would fucking love it. I know we would totally enjoy it. It would be amazing. From nine thousand locations down to just one, the last blockbuster wow. fun, nostalgic feature-length documentary film about the rise and fall of blockbuster video and how one small town store managed to outlast a corporate giant. Wow, that sounds great. Thank you. I know that's my trailer. 
I love it, dude. Can you do, uh, would you be down to do some narration for like the nerdgasm and shit? It's good. <laughs> well, of course. I can't Finish do- him. <laughs> Finish him. <laughs> so good. I Fatality. love it. Fatality. I, you know what? So I, I've, I don't, I, the only time I ever speak into the mic is either when we're doing this or when, we're, when I'm doing the other shit, like the, the intro. Yep. Otherwise, I don't like listening to the sound of my own voice. Surprisingly enough, I only like to listen to the sound of it when I'm conversing with other individuals. But who'd have thought? Um, yeah, so this, so check this out, people. Like, this is a really funny story, first of all, because it's a cute story about literally the last blockbuster that has been, like, the guy's, like, obviously hanging on, like, white-knuckling it at this point. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, like, I think the reason why it's open is just because of the fact that it's, like, a tourist attraction a little bit now rather than, like, yeah. an actual, like, business, but for sure. Um, it premieres on March 15th as well, too. So if everybody March. Oh, wow. That's like what? Fucking next week? That's awesome. Monday. Not even. Monday. Oh, Monday. my God. That's great. Yeah. Nice shit. And then Friday, right Winter Soldier. Oh, great. And then what? Like in a couple of weeks, it's uh, Godzilla versus King Kong, which is yeah. pretty sweet. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if you ever read the Invincible graphic novel that they're doing. Uh, Prime is doing an animated show of it, and that looks so good. Uh, no, I haven't, but I will take your word for it, and I'll put it on my watch. Dude, it's great. It's great. It's uh, Robert Kirkman. Uh, he did The Walking Dead, and then on the side, he did a superhero uh, comic book series called Invincible, and it's fantastic. And uh, Amazon Prime is adapting it in its comic book style illustration. So, and the voice cast is unreal. It's like JK Simmons, uh, Sandra Oh, I can't, there's a bunch like, anyways, there's a lot, March and April, I'm actually really excited for. And it's crazy that there's so much good stuff coming out, especially with COVID uh, and theaters being closed, at least for us in Manitoba. So it's nice to know that there is some really exciting shit for us to watch coming out. I agree. I've been paying for more stuff too. I'm like, all right, fine. I just want to fucking see it. And you know, it- yeah. And like I'd pay for it to go see it in theaters and I can't do that. So I don't want to just miss out because who knows when my theaters like, or when our theaters are going to be able to open up. So like yeah. mortal Kombat, man, I still just can't. Oh, <laughs> uh, it really, we didn't, we didn't get to talk about this last week. I'm glad you brought it up. Cause like it really is doing a lot more justice. This go around. Yeah, with with the bit. Well, first of all, with the being the being able to real time render with what came out of Mandalorian. Now, any video game can be a video game behind you. Right. Like, yeah, real time. Yeah. At your fingertips. So what they didn't have before, they had to really rely on practical shit like the Goro of our youth is the worst yeah. ever. Like, <laughs> and I mean, it's what you have all the time, but it's just, it's, it's worse by comparison, not by. Yeah. So, yeah. Cause when you, when you look at it, I still respect and I still really appreciate, I love animatronics and I love the fact that they really, really tried to have it as a dude in a suit and it like it is. And then it's just like insane CGI and whatnot, but you're right. It's like, looking at the standard now and even seeing that flash of Goro in the new trailer, it's like, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've arrived. Yeah. We, we now yeah. it's like, it's like Hulk, like yeah. seeing Hulk, Lou Ferrigno Hulk is so funny watching now because, but I respect, I respect that they went for it. They tried. And at that time people really dug it, you know, 
but trying to have some like even painting the rock green from Mark Ruffalo would just be stupid. So it's nice that we can embrace and see how far they've come. Like the CGI is incredible. Oh, it's the polka dot costumes are the coolest thing. I'd love. Yeah, man. Even like Kano, like Kano's face. I can tell that that's CGI rendered, but like, it looks fantastic. Like it looks really good. They, they casted it well this time. Yeah. They were a lot more, they were a lot more in tune to what, like they're they're giving these people stories, and I mean it is the yeah. story of all you know traveling, yeah, traveling to you know far off ancient land, yeah. a mortal combat. Like it's yeah, it, it is save the universe yeah. by fighting. Yeah, right. <laughs> but it's fun, dumb, and yeah, and that's fun. that's what it is. It's like if these games are still around. Like actually, it's funny you mentioned. I just picked up Mortal Kombat 11. It is phenomenal. It's amazing. I'm like halfway through the storyline and the storyline is actually it's so weird to say this when you think of mortal Kombat and you say the storyline in that kind of game but they really did make it like it, it makes sense why they made the movie now because this is the first mortal Kombat game i've played in a long time where the story is actually really well written the cinematics are beautiful and it's filmed like a movie and when it goes into the fights the transition between the cinematics and then like the gameplay is like seamless. And what's neat is the camera always does one of these and one character's like getting up or something and then the camera pans out and then it shows the health bars and then it's like fight. And then when the fight's done, the camera pans out and those bars go away and then it's like back to like the storyline and stuff. It's just like little things like that. It's so wicked, man. Like, and it gets me fucking hyped for the movie because it's like now we do need a Mortal Kombat movie and now it's nice that the studio is not limiting them in any way. They're like, here's a bunch of money, make us it back. <laughs> yeah, and I like, mean, the, there's a lot of faith in a Red Band trailer, right? When you, yes. When you get something that's really edgy that like 18 yep. can only see with yep. YouTube and shit. So yep. there is, and I mean, I read before that people were passing out during test screenings because... Yeah, and like when you see the one where it's like stabs him in the neck, blood comes out. Sub Zero freezes the blood, stabs him back in the neck again. And I'm yeah, like, okay, someone's putting fatalities yeah. on screen instead of like oh yeah, inserting oh, yeah. them just like when Liu Kang goes down and does the split punch. To yeah, 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 yeah. Liu Kang, yeah, Liu Kang is no the- uh, Johnny Cage. Johnny Cage does the splits no, in the. No. No, no. Uh, is it John? Yeah, you're right. Johnny Cage. Yeah. Didn't Johnny know. Cage does the, yeah, the Goro, the Goro dick punch. <laughs> There's the but like Liu Kang in the trailer there, Liu Kang does like a thing where the, he summons the fire dragon. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's one of his fatalities in the game too. It is in later ones. You're right. Like it was yeah. the original three. Like, I mean, yeah. I, I remember seeing him pull the fire dragon because it's like Hadouken is fire. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's just like a fire. Like literally, Liu Kang's character is one hundred percent Bruce Lee, but they just didn't have the rights to have Bruce Lee, so it's Liu Kang. But like, even in Mortal Kombat Eleven, when you get to the point where you can have weapons, he has um, nunchucks, and that was Bruce Lee's like famous weapon of choice. And he also does like the wata and the ha, always yeah. just like Bruce Lee, always. So it's like it's cool because you see the homage. 
and us growing up, I fucking loved Bruce Lee growing up. Like when I discovered Bruce Lee, I thought he was just like the coolest guy ever. Yeah. So to kind of be able to play that character in a game is wicked. I don't, I, I the guy invented his own fucking martial arts. That alone yeah. is insane. Is insane. <laughs> and, and just the fucking, I've, I will watch religiously easily probably once a month. I'll just find that one clip of him online doing his one inch punch. Oh my God, dude. So wicked dude flying off a chair and shit. It's so wicked. Like nobody could get, get him on film. And yeah, the only thing to see is him like pulling punches because he's going to kill somebody. Yeah. He goes full board. But like to see him actually demonstrate it is I'm just like, man, that's some crazy, like that's superpower shit. That's some physical. Well, like, one of the coolest Bruce Lee things ever is uh, I think it's an enter the dragon. He actually fights Chuck Norris. Like they're yeah. actually fighting each other. And when he rips his chest hair, it's he's bleeding. Like people think it's fake blood. I'm like, no, like any, in that whole scene, I think Bruce Lee gets cut once Chuck Norris has a bunch of scrapes and shit. That's all real because they were fighting each other. The studio was losing their mind because they were like, no one can find out because <laughs> we can be held accountable for so much legality. I'm pretty sure it was like after that movie when they had to make sure that people had stunt doubles or like things were choreographed and shit. Because yeah, if I was Bruce Lee and Chuck Norris was in the room, I'm like, we're not going to choreograph shit. We're just going to fight each other. Yeah, like you can't tell Leonardo da Vinci and Michelangelo to to like just let them go. Like you don't yeah, like, yeah, you're not going to restrict them. You're just going to be like, hey, we're going to film. Just do your thing and we'll try and get as much of it like we're just gonna do a wide angle the whole time, <laughs> so uh, that we can catch this whole fight scene. Like you don't want to be anywhere uh, near those punches. <laughs> no, no, I don't want to be anywhere near you, fucking lunatics that are actually punching each other and stuff. But yeah, no, Mortal Kombat like and now has been, and it, I think it's owed to Deadpool for sure. I think Deadpool has proven to every studio that rated R movies def like you should never stop making a movie because of a rated R rating. If anything rated R movies will make just as much money, if not more than you would expect. So yeah. the fact that Mortal Kombat doesn't have to worry about that, because that's always been Mortal Kombat's thing. Like one of my favorite episodes of uh, High Score on Netflix is the Street Fighter versus Mortal Kombat rivalry. Yeah. And when Mortal Kombat came out, the reason why it fucking destroyed Street Fighter was that no one had ever seen that kind of violence before. <laughs> Yeah, and it was awesome. It was it was very shocking. I do. Yeah, I remember not being allowed to play it. I remember when I was. Oh yeah, it. getting in trouble. Oh yeah, I remember like my parents would freak out when they'd find out we were playing it or something. Like I I'd, I'd come home and my mom would be like, "What'd you do today?" And I was like, "Come here." I mean, nothing. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, finisher. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, it was like, "Come here." <laughs> it's. It's just so, and it's iconic and like what's wicked is I'm a huge fan of like the original 95 version. Obviously I know it's like one of my favorite bad movies, but what I still commend it for was even for 95, you knew who the characters were. Like the characters dressed the way they were. Yeah. They did have like some of the abilities that they did and whatnot. It was just super fucking cheesy. And you could tell they had like no money. That's why Liu Kang does like a fireball once at the very end. <laughs> Um, but I think too it was also studios had too much say but studios didn't trust fan bases they trust like numbers and market research right 
So like when they would make a movie like Mortal Kombat, they'd bring in a housewife, like not, I don't mean these terms rudely, but that's how they look at it is they bring in like the single mom housewife. Oh, you're talking- your dad. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, they wouldn't bring in nerds. Like they wouldn't bring in me and you, people who are gonna watch it. They bring in like- You're talking about demographics. Yeah, exactly. Like the demographics, like studios would always have the dumbest demographics coming in to watch these movies because they were like, we can't make it rated R. Will families be able to watch it? And if a housewife or like, you know, a mom or a parent complained, it was like, ah, and, but it's, so it's nice now that it's at a point where they're like trusting fully in the creative team and us as fans, they were going to watch it and love it. So like, I'm so happy that now we're getting a Mortal Kombat movie and it's, it's the right time for it. Like it's, I really hope it's good. It looks fucking great. What I've seen from it, even the posters, like the marketing has been spot on. So I'm really excited. I can't wait to get a movie cup with Kano on it. If that Dude, is. yeah. I hope, I was one thing I was saying, like the old days, I, if it comes out on Blu-ray and whatnot, I hope they do character versions where you can pick. Yeah, yeah man. Cause that was wicked. I remember they, uh, uh trying to remember what was one of the last movies they did that for but yeah it was wicked and like the covers even the inside sleeve so like the outside sleeve would show like kano and then the inside would show like a power stance or something like that hell yeah yeah no those are those are fun i i know two people who would pay big money for cases like that on the covers of their dude hell yeah i i remember i used to go out of my way to go to future shop for the steel back yeah uh blu-ray cases those things were fucking wicked i I fucking gave away my DVDs. I, I was talking about that on the DVD episode. I, I know where they are. They're still in use. I just, I, I don't want them. And I miss, I, I, it's like, you know, you miss the, you miss that window where like you get super psyched on something. I don't know what else I was psyched on, but I wasn't psyched on collecting DVDs. I, I they're them. just, they're, they're total collector's items now. Yeah, like, no, you I know, like me, Claudia and I, like we will, we go through our blue, like basically the way we do things is if we want to rewatch a movie, we check all the streaming services because it's just the easiest way. Yeah. And then if they're not there and it's on the shelf, I'm like, sweet. But like, it, it's moving too. Like the amount of times I've moved, I have had like boxes of Blu-rays. And whenever I'm moving, I'm like, I hate myself. Because <laughs> I'm like, this is so extra and whatnot. But then the collector side of me kicks in and it's like, ah, <laughs> keep them though. And it's like, ah. In 30 years, they will have more value. <laughs> yeah, laser disc. People, is Laserdisc worth money? <laughs> you like the guy in Blast from the Past who comes up from the basement? Remember? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, they're like, what are they preaching? They're like, they they found a new god. Yeah, yeah. Some silly thing. That, fuck, I love Blast from the Past. Anyway. Yeah, man, that's a classic. Um, Just to, fuck, I had a point. I was going to counterpoint what you were saying, but you know what? It's left me. And uh, <laughs> as I appear over at the monitor, I go, oh, it's about it's about that bat time to. It is about that bat time. That's right. My, I don't know if your ass is asleep, but mine is numb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like a good steady numb. Yeah. Like there's a spot where I'm like, you could probably shoot me and I'd just. <laughs> it bounce off. <laughs> go in, but I would just be like. For it's 20, like. For 20 it's lot. Yeah. At 20 minutes, I'd be like, this is. That's fine. I can't feel anything because it's like <laughs> 20 minutes later. And then it's like, oh, oh, there it is. <laughs> yeah, there it is. There's that bullet. Uh, <laughs> my grandmother used to make the note. She's like, my butt fell asleep. Did you hear it snoring? 
Oh, that's great. Oh, grandma humor. I love it. Uh, rare, rare is grandma humor. <laughs> Rarest was that grandma. Anyways, but uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to uh, another bonus, bone ass episode, special features number three. Uh, that's right. We, we tried to do this last week, and I, I, I've been coming in clear, so I, I, I think we, I think we nixed that internet problem in the butt. Shauna fixed it surprisingly. Well, not surprisingly. I'm glad Shauna fixed it. I was just surprised I didn't know how to fix it myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's. I was like, I, I, I pride myself on being the internet guy, the, the techie guy, and then when I don't know something, I'm like, how did I not know that, right? And literally, it was just oh yeah, turn off, and, and then I'm, you're like, oh. Uh... Yeah, kind of thing where you're like, oh, oh, yeah, totally. Why didn't I? I thought of that earlier, but didn't want to say anything because you, <laughs> that kind of thing. You're like, yeah, sure, I totally knew everything before I didn't know it. <laughs> Enough about my internet problems that don't matter in an outro. Uh, <laughs> so, if this is your first time, you made it this far. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, thank you. There's, there's two places to find us, Charles. Where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on YouTube. Uh, so you're going to go to youtube.com slash cfbomb. You'll find uh, the Nerdgasm. All episodes are streaming on there right now. And pretty much anything I do is on my YouTube channel. And for the Real Debaters, which is this lovely bedroom of mine, uh, you can you can follow all of us online at Real Debaters. Uh, that's R-E-E-L for the spelling. And the realdebaters.ca where you will find the link for all of Charles' stuff. So if you uh, subscribe Yay. to the podcast, you can just jump over to him right through the fucking app. It's that simple. We made it because I'm a lazy piece of shit. So I like making things. Uh, and technology. Wow. Wow. It does the <laughs> There's all the things in the air that are invisible. It's like vision jumping off your phone. Oh. <laughs> anyway, yes, realdebaters.ca. Uh, subscribe to both our channels because one day when COVID allows for it, uh, I'm going to jump on to Charles. Some of the guys are going to jump on with us. We're just going to rotate this shit. But right now it's, That's it's right. safest to do it this way, right? That's right. And we're going to have some uh, – we've been recording all the episodes too, so we're definitely going to be uploading – um so i guess some video uh sessions of us and whatnot on the channel on our on the youtube channel so you definitely again want to uh definitely want to subscribe to both because then you get the ultimate full experience and we're nerds so you definitely want that full experience i should say that i have promised video twice already i should (laughs) yeah no there's a fire i need a fire lit under my ass at all times not you me like pre you oh oh yeah we're gonna start a youtube channel and then my friend steve was like yeah let's start a youtube channel during COVID, and we were gonna use zoom footage then he was like it's impossible to edit zoom footage so i have said twice that pre-charles that i would be like oh yeah we'll have video yeah you'll see us yeah you know what (laughs) and so the hopefully third time's a fucking charm and uh yeah but i mean yeah i'm gonna you know honestly i'm gonna play around with it and whatnot this is a first venture for me but i'm excited i think it'll if it if it's recording the way that i've seen it it should work out but like again guys totally worth everybody subscribing so you can see the full experience (laughs) (laughs) you can follow me on this journey will it work won't it work we'll see (laughs) very try to make it as, as immersive as possible here. that's right it's all for you guys so <laughs> anyways ladies and gentlemen i have been michael petro and you have been charles fernandez and thank you so much for joining yeah 
Thanks for another episode, everybody. See you on the flip side. Watch all the movies. Watch them all. Watch every single movie you possibly fucking can. That's right. That's right. Bye.